the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com. I wanted to talk first with Michael Rubin, senior resident scholar at the American Enterprise Institute, about the president's decision to reorganize American lines in Syria. Uh, Mr. Rubin has been a frequent guest on the show for years. His latest op-ed, Syria Could Be Turkey's Vietnam, I have posted over at HughHewitt.com. Michael, welcome. Good to have you. I hope you're having a good fast. Thank you very much, Hugh. So far, so good. It's easier the first hours of the fast rather than the last one. Uh, that's what I gather. So I'm glad that you can make time for us on Yom Kippur. Uh, Michael, I am one of those who agree with the president that 10 months ago, and I went with John Bolton to Jerusalem and Ankara, 10 months ago he told him, eventually we're not going to be this far forward. We're going to reorganize backwards. Now Turkey is threatening to move, I guess, east of the Euphrates. Uh, David Ignatius had tweets last night saying it's imminent. First of all, what do you understand to be the situation on the ground before we talk about what that means. The situation is it remains imminent. We've withdrawn uh, perhaps a few dozen or pulled back a few dozen forces which were in coordination with the Turks. That said, the other issue which has changed, too, is that we are no longer coordinating with the Turks on the airspace. Uh, however, we haven't stopped controlling the airspace. So this has complicated Turkish plans because they assume that um, they would have a green light when it came to the control of the airspace, and they do not. Yeah, but the president did say he would in no way cooperate with, in no way applaud any move by Turkey, and that, in fact, if Turkey moved in a way that was inimical to Kurdish interests, there would be economic reprisals. Did you judge that to be not true? Well, there were the order of the tweets... And there was some question as to whether this was simply just a reaction to the criticism. But when it comes to facts on the ground, the question is, if the facts on the ground have changed completely, whether economically punishing Turkey would change those issues which are of most concern, for example, to American national security, the continued detention of the um, Islamic State prisoners, as well as the simple fact that when Turkey has controlled that border in the past, we've had it become basically a way station for the Islamic State. That is true. Now, you write in your piece, the Kurdish-administered regions of Syria are the most secure and tolerant within the country. Erdogan's desire to conquer them has far less to do with supposed terrorism and more to do with the desire to expand Turkey's borders, eradicate the precedent of any Kurdish self-government, not to, not subordinate to Turkish dictates, and to grab local oil wells. And then you note the Turkish move on Cyprus 45 years ago and suggest this is the same sort of situation. If, in fact, they're grabbing turf and oil, are they going to be likely in the business of letting ISIS run rampant with the black flags again? Um, ultimately, that is one possibility. But the broader problem, Hugh, is that the United States and Turkey have fundamentally 
different notions of what constitutes a terrorist group. Let's put the Kurds aside for a moment. One of the greatest concerns to American forces and American strategists, this is why people like Defense Secretary Mattis resigned, is that many of the Turkish proxy groups um, have incorporated former fighters from the Islamic State or would match what the United States believes to be al-Qaeda. Now, uh, again, that's a new development for me. I had not heard that when I went to Turkey. I had heard that, in fact, there would be a vacuum into which ISIS could once again march with the black flags flying, even though Raqqa is not being evacuated, and even though southern Syria, where the American troops are, remain supported by American troops. But you're saying because of this realignment, we have to worry about the rebirth of ISIS? Um, Absolutely, we do. Um, The United States has plugged the vacuum. We have plugged the vacuum with the Syrian Democratic Forces, which are predominantly Kurdish. But when it comes to the um, Turkish-backed Free Syrian Army, some members of that Free Syrian Army, especially the former members of Jabhat al-Nusra, which has gone through several name changes, are affiliates with al-Qaeda. That is one of the concerns. Turkey, of course, would say that the Syrian um, Democratic Forces are um, predominantly affiliated with the Kurdish. Workers' Party, the so-called PKK, which has waged an insurgency inside Turkey for more than 40 years. Uh, And so that is where Turkey is coming from. I've traveled back and forth to northeast Syria, and while there is still some affiliation with the PKK, when you look at any database of attacks and so forth, Turkey would be very hard-pressed to suggest that many, if any, attacks had come from the areas of um, Syria in which they are now talking about entering. A former senior national security official told me that whenever Erdogan sees a Kurd with a gun, he he labels them PKK and a terrorist. I understand that. But what I'm getting at is the reality of the, the critics of the president's move, in essence, are saying we have to garrison that area forever. Am I wrong? No. Um, You're not wrong. What I would argue is I I would quibble over the term forever. Right now, because at this point, the problem is mostly Erdogan. And in the future, for example, the opposition party inside Turkey doesn't approach Syria with the same issue. One of the other problems is if Turkey goes into northeastern Syria, uh, the Kurds aren't going to simply submit themselves. You have the possibility, for example, Saudi Arabia arming those Kurds to conduct a proxy war. The Kurds have nowhere to go, and so you could have a greater proxy war, a greater terrorist campaign campaign or insurgency inside of Turkey itself. Um, And you could have the fact that the Kurds, if forced to choose between Turkey and Syria, would go back to Bashar al-Assad. That brings us to the concern about the land bridge, uh, the so-called Iranian supply route that goes through Iraq, overland, and potentially into Syria, Lebanon, uh, the eastern Mediterranean. The whole reason our forces are there, garrisoned largely, they're not they're not fighting, um, is to conduct intelligence operations and to disrupt the ability of the Iranians uh, to to facilitate that land. I, I understand that. That's why I'm glad we're not 
evacuating from the south because of the land bridge. But I want to go back to the beginning. Uh, I think I heard an admission against interest there, which is we will have to garrison it at least until Erdogan is gone. That reminded me of when James Madison would write to Thomas Jefferson in Paris about how Patrick Henry was frustrating him. And Jefferson wrote back, then we shall just have to pray that he dies about Henry. So what we're talking about here is we have an Erdogan problem. And unless he has a massive heart attack, though, we're going to have an Erdogan problem for two decades. So you're proposing... A occupation of northern Syria by American troops for maybe 20 to 30 years until Erdogan dies and normal people take the country back over in Kamal Ataturk's vision? Hugh, Hugh, I'm talking about the presence of 100 troops that aren't fighting, that are gathering intelligence, and frankly would be an investment on the alternative, which would be a rebirth of the Islamic State. Um, it's not simply a, a question of let's have troops there or we have absolutely no investment. The real concern of the president's critics in this issue is that the removal of those troops at this point in time, the abandonment of the Kurds at this point in time, would allow for a rebirth of al-Qaeda. But, but here, Michael, here's my problem. And I was all against it 10 months ago because I thought it was too sudden. No one had any notice. No one knew what he was talking about. But it's been 10 months. Is that a garrison is a garrison is a garrison. And we have to be honest with the American people, whether it's 50 or 500. That's the long end of a tail. And it's a tripwire force. And Turkey has threatened to invade over that tripwire force repeatedly. And if that happens, we have NATO member against NATO member firing hot rounds, right? The question is whether you believe Turkey's bluff, whether you believe that Turkey would do that with us there, and whether you believe the alternative would be worse. If you believe that the alternative would be a safe haven that would allow the Islamic State's rebirth, then yes, there's a reason why we have those well, troops there at this you, point you, in time. I agree. If, if you believe that that and was going Hugh, to happen. Hugh, if I may push back, the president has um, threatened to to use economic leverage against the Turks should they decide that, um, should they act poorly? Why not actually use the economic leverage to stop the saber-rattling? Why not point out to the Turks repeatedly and often that there has not been a single terrorist attack? That I'm sorry, there has been one terrorist attack from northeastern Syria in, against Turkish forces, and the person for that was caught by the Kurds. Yeah, um, and all good points, Michael, but I go back to the coup attempt in 2015, 2016. It's in 2016, under Obama. When the coup attempt failed... And Erdogan basically imprisoned half of the military brass and and Turkish senior officials began to flee to Europe or stay in Europe. The country changed significantly to a one man system. It's a dictatorship. He's a he's a, a dictator. And if you're willing to run that kind of risk with American troops, then you will have a NATO on NATO member conflict, which has never happened in the history of NATO. I well, just want people to understand the stakes. Let me push back on that. First of all, you've had skirmishing uh, between Turkey and Greece before. But let me push back on that for a second. When you have um, a, a track record of Erdogan caving under pressure, when he didn't fulfill his demands, for example, in the aftermath of the 2010 Mavi Marmara incident, that's when a Turkish ship that was affiliated actually with an organization <clears throat> that works with al-Qaeda tried to get into Gaza, when you have separately um, 
Erdogan backing down in the case of Pastor Brunson uh, because of application of American pressure. Why not apply American pressure first to stop the saber rattling? Remember when the Russians tried to cross into northeastern Syria, the United States actually... Um, we destroyed a, a whole group of Russians. We exactly. killed them. Exactly. And so we actually have credibility here. They the were Russians. They were not why, Turks. But what I'm saying here, Hugh, is why not actually, given that Erdogan has a track record of backing down under pressure, why not utilize that pressure first to stop Erdogan simply from engaging in land grabs? And I, th- I think the response is trouble. because the downside is much greater than the upside, and the upside carries with it a far greater investment over a longer uh, period no, of time. You, when, you, last point, you're Michael. You're artificially trying to compartmentalize this because every time you give in to Erdogan, you see that his land grabs increase. So uh, but, what would but, be And and to me, what the critics of the president are not looking at is, on the global stage, our challenge is not on the Turkish-Syria border. Our challenge is on the sea, under the sea, in space with anti-satellite weapons, and with China. And that we can't be everywhere. We We really can't. We can't be everywhere, Hugh, but 100 people is basically a very good investment if the alternative is a re-rise of the Islamic State, given that the Islamic State simply wouldn't contain itself to Syria, but has actively said, as al-Qaeda did pre-9-11, that their aim would be to attack Americans wherever they are. And, and I understand that. It is always a risk. It is clearly a risk, but I am, I am with the critics and of the so president. we disagree over, where, uh, over the assessment of Erdogan's good faith here? No, we disagree over the likelihood of consequences that will follow from a, a rearrangement of America's internal lines and on the danger of a Turkish-U.S. confrontation. But we'll come back and keep talking about it. Michael, a good fast to you. Thank you for joining us this morning. Follow him at mrubin1971. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com. This is Michael Medved at michaelmedved.com for Town Hall. Our capitalist system generally rewards companies for manufacturing quality products, but that's not always true of Hollywood. The new movie Joker is a vile concoction about a comic book villain, but set an all-time October record by earning $234 million in its opening weekend worldwide. Some hailed the film for its bleak, desolate view of society and humanity and its portrayal of a lonely, bullied, mentally ill protagonist achieving empowerment through murderous violence. Jeff Yang, however, derided the movie's exploitative nihilism as an insidious validation of the white male resentment that helped bring President Donald Trump to power. He described the anti-hero as a victim who has been crushed underfoot by the elite, dragged down by equality demanding feminists, and climbed over by upstart non-white and immigrant masses. The president's critics blame him for a lot, but a tortured effort to connect Trump to Joker is as loathsome and irresponsible as the film itself. I'm Michael Medved. Sponsored by ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.